So we are in a, a month of sermons that don't really connect with one another uh, regarding a theme. Now, I do believe they connect one another and how the Holy Spirit is moving uh, because Pastor Terry and I, Pastor Terry, our discipleship pastor, and our just uh, the month of July, we, uh, we kind of went back and forth uh, for this month. And um, uh, this, we finish out uh, today with uh, sort of standalone messages and um, Pastor Terry preached a great message last week. You want to go back and, and listen to that or, or watch it. You can go to lakepointonline.com or you can listen to it on your, on your favorite uh, podcast and uh, just go and search for Lake Point Church or Lake Point Online. You can pull that up. And, uh, but, but today, it's, a, it's a, a standalone sermon. But I do want to let you know next week, we're super excited. We're starting a sermon series on prayer. And it's called Living on a Prayer. Living on a prayer. And with this living on a prayer, a lot of times we pray when things uh, are tragic, when things are, are an emergency, like when there's no money in the bank account, when there's a car accident, you know, or there's a health diagnosis, or things aren't going right with relationships and your marriage, and those kinds of things. We, we tend to go to God uh, in those times of emergencies, sort of like an ER. And, and that's great. We do need to go before him in those moments of, of, of tragedy and, and those emergency moments. But this right here is really beyond life's emergencies. What does a prayer, uh, a life of prayer look like beyond our emergencies? And that's what we're going to look at over the next four to five weeks starting next week. And so you want to be able to make sure you, uh, you come to that. And also next week we'll have the child dedication service and breakfast Sunday. So it's going to be an awesome time next week. But I think it's going to be a great time today because I feel like as I was praying, asking the Lord, okay, what can be a standalone message we want to end the summer with? And my mind kept, just my heart just kept going back to Psalm 139. So if you have your copy of God's Word, your printed copy or your digital copy, it doesn't matter. We're going to have the uh, scripture on the screen. But I want you to turn to Psalm chapter 139. Psalm 139. As you, as you turn your copy to God's word to that, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever felt like a nobody? <laughs> have you ever felt like a nobody? Have you ever been last, chosen last on the kickball team? Right? If you raise your hand. Am I the only one? Okay, thank you so much. At least lie to make me feel good. All right? Good. All right, good. Yeah, uh, Justin, yeah, I believe that. All right, so um, you, if you have ever ch- been chosen last on some sort of team, you know what that feels like. You just feel like a nobody. Or maybe you were passed up on a promotion, right? Or maybe that person you want to you wanna date or go out with, and you, go, you ask, or you hope that they would ask you out on the date. They just won't even take the time uh, to acknowledge you. You just kind of feel like a nobody, or let's say if nobody's paying attention to your, your, God forbid, to your social media posts, and you just feel overlooked, unappreciated, maybe un- underpaid, or unnecessary, Does anybody really know or care about me is a question that a lot of times we will ask ourselves. Well, in Psalm 139, God wants to show you a different picture of your life. He wants to give you a view from the top to help you see the meaning of your life from his perspective and for you to know that you are not a nobody. You are not a nobody. You weren't meant for that. And so um, there's five things we're going to look at in Psalm 
139, and we're, gonna, we're actually going to read this whole chapter. In Psalm 139, there's five things we're going to look at. Number one, God knows you. God knows you. So as we look at 139, let's look at verses 1 through 6, and it says this. You have searched me, O Lord, and you know me. Now, just so you understand, this is King David writing to God, okay? Just writing this, this psalm. It is, it's probably had music that he would sing to, but this, this is words to God. And that's a lot of times what, what psalms are. The word of God, most of the word of God is words from God to us, to the prophets and, and other you know, circumstances and everything. But the psalms uh, are, are mostly from humanity to God. And that's what makes them very unique. And so these words that David is writing is a proclamation of what God, how he looks at us, his perspective. So you have searched me, O God, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Have you ever searched in your house for something? Have you ever lost something? Yeah. Yesterday, just yesterday, my wife and I were at Ingalls getting some things for dinner, and uh, I did the thing that I should never do. Some of you probably do this also. You take your phone and you put it, you know those short little buggies, right? Ingalls has them. And they have this perfect little spot for your phone, right? I mean, it's perfect. It like calls you, put your phone here. And so I do. I put my phone there and I'm just pushing it. That's my job. I push the cart. I have no idea. I just follow my wife around and I'm just her little helper, Okay, and so uh, I put my phone there. We checked out, and, and you probably know what's, what's happening. I, I get in the car, and we drive down the road, and I realize, where's my phone? I'm looking around, driving, almost getting in a wreck. He's like, where's my phone? And I was like, oh, it's in the buggy. And so we turn around. So Suzanne calls the phone, and it's an, 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 uh, an elderly gentleman, and he's uh, talking on the phone. And he says, yeah, I have your phone right here. We're in the milk section. <laughs> so we're like, hey, we're going to be in the milk section very quickly. And so we were able to go there, and we had a great conversation with them, got to know them, and, and we, we're grateful that uh, they, uh, they had our phone and, and, uh, and they found it. But have you ever lost something around your house? There's lots of things, lots of times we are looking for something. Most of the time, it's those, those remotes. Right? I'm just about to go. Remember the old days? Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of aging myself. Those of you remember the, the remotes that were wired? Right? Have you ever had that where the wired remotes? Am I the only one? Okay, just shake your head. Yeah. Do you remember that? Okay. The wired remotes. And so at least you sat down and you had this big wire going across and stuff. I'm about to do that because guess what? You didn't lose that remote. <laughs> it stayed connected to the TV. And so we're always looking for the remote controls and they're always in the cushions. Okay, they're always, it's like the cushion just, just craves that and it eats those things up. We have replaced remotes because we can't find it. 
Okay? And it's they're gone. But if you really search deep for something, you end up knowing your house much, much better. When you look through the, the, the cushions and even move the couch, you find things, don't you? You find things like, oh, well, there it is. There, you know, there's that thing I've been looking for, and it wasn't even the thing you're trying to look for. It's something you lost uh, several months ago. Or you look in there and go, all right, this is gross. And it just makes you want to just take the whole couch and dump it away and, it all, you know, all these crumbs and everything. And so you get to know your house better than ever before. Well, that's how God is with knowing us. God knows you. God knows you better than you know yourself. And he knows every part. He knows what's hidden in, those, in the couch Okay, he knows the deepest crevices of your heart. And because he does, and he still loves you, that is amazing. That is amazing. Because those thoughts that you may think about that someone on the road that cut in front of you, or maybe someone that you just want to get even with, your flesh, you know, God, God knows those thoughts. And you may think, oh, nobody knows those thoughts but me and God. And he still loves you. He still loves you. He knows you. It's kind of like a car mechanic. Lawson, uh, one of our sons, is a, is a car mechanic, a certified mechanic for BMW. And so... We're hoping that, you know, he just continues to move on up and make a lot of money working at, at BMW as a mechanic. And so he knows a lot about cars. In fact, uh, every, almost every day, there's, he pulls his car into our garage, right? And then he just, like the other day, he took off his bumper. Just took off the bumper and just replaced some lights and put it back on. I was like, son, it's amazing. Yeah, it's no big deal. Because I know how to do it. And, and, but there's things about cars. I mean, he brings a car, someone brings a car, and he can hook it up to diagnostics, and he can uh, know a lot of things about cars. How many, obviously, how many miles, but how many miles is driven uh, since it's been updated, maybe uh, obviously oil change or air filter or whatever. And he knows more about, if you have a BMW and you bring it to Lawson, he will know more about your car than you will. And the reason why is because he is a mechanic. It's the same way with our life. God knows about how many miles we have left in this life. He knows what's really going on in our body, in our mind, and in our heart. What he sees, a lot of times, we can't. We can't see. We don't know what's going on. It's like when you're driving in your car. And you hear a knocking or whatever. You're like, I don't know what that is. But a mechanic will know. So why would we try to fix things ourselves and not include God in some of life's biggest moments and decisions? You know, many people do. But as David reveals, God knows you. Maybe one reason why you maybe feel like a nobody sometimes is that you're not connected to the one who really knows you. So I would encourage you, get to know the one who knows you. He knows all about you. You can't, you can't hide anything from God. And that's the beauty of it. He still loves you. 
and the things that, that's going on in, in your life spiritually, and you want to try to fix those yourself, it doesn't make sense. It's like me trying to fix my car before I bring it to the mechanic. It doesn't make sense. So get to know God. He knows you. The second thing we see in this uh, chapter is God pursues you. God pursues you. Not in a stalking, creepy kind of way. God pursues you. We just got through singing songs about that, about his love. His love is so incredibly strong. He'll do whatever it takes, leave the 99 to come after the one. When you feel like you are the one, right? The one who's just straight away. You feel like a nobody. He is coming after you. We see this in verses 7 through 12. In chapter 139, verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light Become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you, and the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. When you feel like a nobody, as if no one wants you, no one is following you, no one wants to be a part of you, you're being overlooked, okay? David reminds us that God will be wherever you are. Wherever you are. It's kind of like that old Visa credit card slogan. Visa, it's everywhere you want to be. <laughs> Put in God there. God, he's everywhere you want to be. And everywhere you go, God is everywhere. You know that, what that means, right? Don't you? It, you are wanted by God. Over and over again, in the Bible, we see... That God is there for people. We see this affirmed. We are called God's beloved, God's chosen, God's dearly loved children. We are told that nothing can separate us from the love of God. You are pursued by God. He will pick you first in his dodgeball team every single time. Any darkness in your life is nothing to God. Any darkness that you face in your life means nothing to God. And let me tell you something. When things get dark, when tragedies happen in your life, and darkness comes, whether it's your fault or not, just things happen, you will feel separated from God because you're surrounded by darkness and you want the light of God to be there so much. But can I tell you something? In those deepest, darkest moments in your life, God is there. God is there. The highest of the mountains and the lowest depths of the sea, he's there. And so, know this, God knows you and God pursues you no matter where you're at. Number three we see in this chapter, God made you. God made you. When you feel like a nobody, just remember, he made you. We see this, verse 13 through 
the first part of 16. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. You knew me. And, it, and you could change this whole passage around, just change, you know, the, 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 the first person to, to second person and change some of the pronouns to where you could say something like, for I created, if God's talking to us, I created your inmost being. I knit you together in your mother's womb. You praise me because I, because you are um, fearfully and wonderfully made. My works are wonderful, and I know that full well. Your frame was not hidden from me when you were made in the secret place. When you were woven together in the depths of the earth, uh, my eyes saw your unformed body. So David is writing this to God, but this is, he's getting these words from from the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit because the Bible says the Holy Spirit was on David. And so as, as he's getting this, this sort of prophetic word about us and, and he's writing this, he's not just saying this to God. These are words that it's a two-way street. God is saying this about us. God knew us before we were even made. And we even, we even see this in Jeremiah 1.5. Jeremiah, who was a prophet, before I was formed in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. What God is saying to Jeremiah, and it's true for us, before you were even conceived, God knew you. Now, how can that be? Well, God... God is omnipresent and omnipotent, which means he, he spans time. Right now in your future, in your five to ten years, he, could, he is there. He's there in that moment. He knows. That's why he knows that your last day on this earth. And he, he's in the past. He's in the present. So that's why he knew you before you were even conceived. Because he is God. It's very difficult for us to understand that. But he is God. He made you. You know, one of the, I guess the best illustration I can, I can think of is kind of like a, a songwriter or maybe, maybe a, a person who's writing a novel, okay? Let's take, for instance, a... Uh, Songwriting. Uh, one of our sons, Logan, is in uh, um, is in Nashville, and uh, he's he's going to uh, college to be a, a singer and a, and a songwriter. And um, he just started this past week working at Word and Curb Records as um, as someone who as an intern <coughs> working with songwriters, and it's great. So um, some of the things he'll do is he'll work with songwriters and get those songwriting sessions going and pass songs to others and all that, all that kind of stuff. But Logan's written some songs, and what's really interesting about songwriting is that you could be writing a song, 
And as a songwriter, you kind of have an idea of the melody before anybody else does. Even if you're writing words, before you even sing the melody, you have the melody in your head of where the song is going before it's even created, before it's even sung, before the song is even born, the melody is there a lot of times. If you, if you write it that way, that's the same way with God. Your song, your life song, before it was born, before it was even conceived, God knew what your song would sound like. God knew what your song would, would be like. Because he had that in his plan and in his mind. And so it's just like a new song. God made you and he knows all about you. So God knows you. God pursues you. God made you. And then the fourth thing we see, God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. And this is one of the biggest reasons why you are not a nobody. God has a plan for you. I don't care how old you are. There's some young people here. There's some old people here. It doesn't matter. God still has a plan for you until your life is over. So we see this in, in, chap, in, in chapter 139, verses 16 through 18. So if you look at the latter part of 16, we see this. All the days ordained for me were written in your book, which means there's a plan. Before one of them came to be, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake, I am still with you. God has a plan for your life. Even before you arrived, all your days were written in this book. It's like, your life book was already written. Your song was already written. Yeah, I, I love how the Bible talks about that, that God sings over us. Could it be amazing? Could this be? And I, 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 don't, I don't know if this is, but it's kind of cool to ponder on it. If God loves us so much and, and God, you know, God is incredibly powerful and knowledge and can do anything, and if God can sing over us, it, wouldn't it be kind of cool, and we won't know this really until we get to heaven, that God has a song, a different song for each and every one of us that he sings over us. Be kind of cool. I, I, I wouldn't put it past him. It kind of fits, right? Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that for a fact because we don't know, but... but and wouldn't it be cool to get to heaven and just realize, you know, we know that God sings over us and say, hey, here's the song that I've been singing over you since you were born, since you were conceived. I've been singing this song over you, and it's your song. And not only do I have a song, I have, I have plans for your life. They were ordained since the beginning of time. So God has a plan for you. I, sometimes we can get frustrated by life's plans. 
We can't. Car breaks down, lose a job, you know, friendships end, you know, frustrations, there's health issues, other relationship issues. There's things going on in the world right now that's just utterly crazy. I just want to just shake people and like, are you, are you serious right now? Right? And, and I'm often filled with some sort of, I don't know if anger is a word, but just frustration towards our culture that, that is zero respect for Christianity, but demands that I tolerate sinful lifestyles that identify, that they identify as appropriate. I've seen many aspects of Christianity overlooked, mocked, and forgotten over the past 30 years. The Christian culture I grew up in is fading fast as we now live in a post-Christian culture. However, when I, when I get to this point where I'm a little bit frustrated, then I look to God. I look to the one who has a, who has a plan for my life. And I say, okay, God, you are in control. You are the one that's in control. And sometimes when life throws a curveball, it gets in the way. From God's word, we feel like we've got to defend it. God's like, you know what? My work can stand on its own. Just live your life with holiness and follow my word. That is the plan that I have for you. That's a simple plan. That's the roadmap. It's like GPS. Do you know that whatever you type into your phone, before you type it in there, your GPS already knows how to get there. Let's say if you, today after church, you want to go to Amicalola Falls. Put Amicalola, if you could spell it, in your phone, and you go to Amicalola, and it, and it takes you there, right? Can, can I tell you something? Your phone already knows how to do that. It already knows how to go from here, Emerson, to Amicalola Falls. Why? It's got that plan in place. God already has that plan. Even when frustrations happen, we can rely upon God and come to him knowing that he has a plan. So he knows you, he pursues you, he made you, and he has a plan for you. And finally, number five, he has a place for you. He has a place for you. Look at uh, verses 19 through 24. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from you, you, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Man, that's pretty harsh. Kind of like what I was talking about earlier. When people's lives come in and they demand certain things and it ruins our plans. Here's where we end up. Search me. Oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That place for you is God's peace. 
That place for you is God's peace. We need to be in the place of peace in our life. The only way to get there, when our plans are disrupted, or when things in this life come against us, or we're, we're forced to, to, you know, to respect others, which, which we should in, 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 in a way that honors God, but not that we have to affirm. If something is against God's word, we don't, we don't affirm that. But we still go about it in love. And the way to walk in peace, that place of peace, is those last couple of verses. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So God knows you. He knows every part about you. He knows all the things that are hidden in the couches and he still loves you. God pursues you. Doesn't matter how far you've gone in this, away from God. He pursues you in a loving way. And he made you from the beginning of creation. He, he had that plan for you. He knew you. And he has your life for you. He's got that, that, that story or that song, that plan for your life. And finally, he has a place of peace for you to walk in peace and not be anxious. Walk in peace because life is gonna, life is gonna throw some things at you. There's gonna be things, and, and, and there are people in our church Including, including myself and our family as well, where God has walked with us through some very difficult times. And if, you, if you've walked through those, it doesn't matter how high or how low those are, God is with you. And God can help you to walk in his peace. You're not a nobody. God values you. He does. I'm going to do a, 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 an illustration of this, and this is where I need your help. I need someone, it doesn't matter who, I need someone who has uh, some, uh, just a, a, a cash bill. So the highest, the better. So like, you know, if you have a $100 bill, that'd be awesome, okay? If you have a $50 bill, we can go to down to 20 on that. So, but does anyone, anybody be willing to just loan me, you got to trust me, a $100 bill? Anybody have a $100 bill? You have a quarter, you have a $100 bill? There we go. Awesome. Awesome, great. Y'all give it up for Cheryl. Okay, you can go back to your seat. Okay, Cheryl, Eric. Thank you, Eric, you trust me? <laughs> you trust me, Eric? I <laughs> do what I gotta do. This is a fresh, crisp $100 bill, right? You know what? This $100 bill? There it is. What's the value of that $100 bill? It's $100. Your life 
may feel like that, may feel crumbled because of things that have happened, whether it be things that you, you didn't do, it just happened, or even things you have done, choices you've made, and you feel like your life is just crumbled up and not worth and just thrown to the ground. And you feel like you're in the depths of the lowest of lows and you feel devalued. Just like that $100 bill who's, that's still worth $100. You are worth more than you can ever imagine. You are worth the same now than you did before those things happened. So when you feel alone, when you feel dismayed, when you feel like a nobody, know this, you're worth more to God than you can ever imagine. And you don't need to look at yourself like that. God knows you, he pursues you, he has a plan for you, he made you, and he has a place of peace for you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Heavenly Father, we come before you, thanking you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace, your love, your kindness. And we're just grateful that you pursue us. You pursue us in a way that we are loved by you. And this world can just make us feel like we're not worth anything. Whether it be things that have happened, and I pray, Father, that you just, you just help us, Lord, to, to understand our values with you. I pray, Father, is anyone here today watching or listening online that, that just feels like they're not worth anything? I pray, Father, that they will come to know you as Lord and Savior. They surrender their life to you. And that is you here today. You can say a simple prayer. Heavenly God, Father God, just please forgive me. Please forgive me. I confess my sin to you. Please come into my life. Be Lord of my life. I want to live for you. And if you're here today or watching or listening online, if you, if you have accepted Christ as Savior, but you just feel like you've been crumbled up, you feel worthless, just take those thoughts and surrender them to God and say, God, please forgive me for not trusting you. Please flood me with thoughts that just bring treasure back to who I am. Don't let me rely upon the world. Let me get to know you, the creator who formed me and who knew me before I was even conceived. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, um, we're, we're so delighted that you came here today, and make sure, Eric, you, uh, you pick up that $100 bill before one of our students pick it, picks it up. Um, and so, I, I do want to make sure that you are here next week for our new series, Living on a Prayer, and we have our uh, child dedication and uh, our monthly 
uh, breakfast uh, fellowship. And so I want to make sure that you, are, uh, you bring a friend, invite some friends. School is getting back. And so I want to make sure you do that. Speaking of school, we've got some uh, handouts for you for our prayer walk. And so the way this works is simple. This, uh, as you leave today, we, we pass those out. And you are free to walk in the hallways of this school. And it has a prayer guide. You can walk in teams or you can walk individually or families, whatever. And we have some of our elders that will help you with that. If you need some, uh, some assistance or want to walk with them, that's perfectly fine. And so we just want to encourage you. We do have the sack of chairs. So um, you don't have to worry about putting them away, uh, but if you could just stack them 10 high on the, on the rolling carts, we don't need to push them back this way, just leave them out here, and, but let's stack up the chairs, visit a little bit, and go pray uh, for our school and our teachers. We love you guys, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.